Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Neutral, the show where one of us is wearing pajamas, and you'll never guess which one. It's Jack. That is not true, Avery. I am, in fact, nude. (laughs) I knew that would get you to laugh. Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Neutral, the show where we discuss and debate the D&D-style character alignments of fictional characters. My name is Avery. I'm Jack. We have a 20-sided die and a list of characters we could talk about. This is going to be a fun one because we put some really stupid characters on this list And today. I hope we get the weirdest one. All right, let's roll some characters. Seven, Lily Aldrin. Oh, boy. All right, so we both are recovering How I Met Your Mother fans, mm-hmm. and... So, in order to get some of that out of our system, I thought we should talk... Well, we thought we should talk about some How I Met Your Mother characters. And we're gonna. You want to take the lead? Yes, I do. Lily Aldrin is a terrible person, scratch that. Lily Aldrin is a kindergarten teacher with an art degree who is uh, married to Marshall Erickson and best friends with Ted Mosby, who is the protagonist and narrator of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Lily is... A deeply manipulative person. She's constantly getting involved in other people's lives. Uh, She has this plan in her head for how she wants her life to go. And whenever someone new shows up that she doesn't like, she'll just get rid of them without anyone else's consent. She's done this on a number of times, uh, including two other main characters, uh, which isn't even revealed until, like, almost the end of the series. Um, She is... She is not great for Marshall, her husband, because she leaves him before their wedding to go out and do a, a art fellowship over in uh, San Francisco, which is on the other side of the continent, because uh, the show takes place in New York. And then at the end of the series, uh, when Marshall becomes a state judge, she gets a job opportunity in Italy and makes him leave. Ultimately, they don't leave, do they? They do. No, because Lily... They do. No, because Lily was pregnant. They do. They raised the baby in Italy. I don't think... Eh, whatever. Um, before we start talking about Lily, I'm going to do my Avery aside for the uh, for the character. And just briefly talk about Allison Hannigan, who acted the heck out of this role. Like, even as the writing fell apart in later seasons of How I Met Your Mother, and Lily as a character became more and more unlikable and inexcusable Allison Hannigan still managed to add a degree of sympathy and understanding that really like is very impressive she acted the heck out of Lily Aldrin from beginning to end I'll give a perfect example of that midway through season six after Lily has her first child there is a scene in which she says in absolute tears Sometimes I wish I weren't a mom. Sometimes I wish I could just get up in the middle of the night and go and not come back. And that's not the end of the character. She, Alison Hannigan, is a heck of an actress. And she added so much charm and likability to a character that would have been written off the show due to fan outrage, if not for her, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, I agree completely. Um, so I think we're going to go out on a limb and say... Lily Aldrin is chaotic evil. (laughs) Honestly, I want to say chaotic neutral. And the reason I want to say chaotic neutral is because I think Lily is a character that is evil in spite of herself. Okay. I think Lily wants to do the right thing for herself 
and the people around her in general, but is unable to overcome her selfishness and her stubbornness. I think in this case, it's a failure to be good that puts her in neutral. She wants to take care of her loved ones so much. She does. You know she does. A lot of her... The, the face he's making. Uh, I... The, like, oh, so many of her awful, awful things that she does. Like, that sometimes I wish I weren't a mom conversation is because she is trying to help Ted. Ted is having this awful feeling and he is, you know, suppressing his feelings for Robin and it's killing him. And Lily says... You have feelings for Robin and you don't think you can say it. So I'm going to tell you something a thousand times worse so that you can say that out loud. Lily is a fundamentally selfish person who hurts herself, the people she loves, and random strangers because of her bad, spontaneous decisions and her own stubborn, stubborn worldview. But I don't think she's evil because I think when it's pointed out how badly she is hurting people that she loves, she does feel remorse and regret. It's not what she's trying to do. And I think that puts her, I know alignment is not your intent, but I think that puts her in neutral. I would never call her good. In response, cool motive, still murder. You can have these motivations. You can be, you know, the, the, the most conflicted soul in the universe. If you are still hurting people and you time and again have the opportunity and are given the chance to stop and you feel remorse and then continue to hurt people, you're a bad person. I think, though... For me, it's about the different ways that Lily hurts people. She runs off on Marshall. Mm -hmm. She does. Mm -hmm. She runs off. She goes to San Francisco. She regrets it. She comes back. And then she and Marshall are joined at the hip for the rest of the series. Until the very end. Yeah, um, because Marshall's whipped and deserves better. Yes, but... <laughs> but, hey, hey. Sorry. How did I become the Lily Aldridge defense squad? Just keep How going. did this happen? It's fine. Keep she learns that lesson. And she sticks with it. And she makes sh and she makes sure that she never abandons him again. When she, you know, is called out for a particular kind of selfish behavior, she does get better about it. And then does a different selfish behavior. But I think that intent to learn from her mistakes, even if she has to learn from every individual mistake, I think that is what puts her into neutral for me. I will agree to disagree. <laughs> I don't think Lily Aldrin is chaotic neutral. I think she's chaotic evil. This might be our first character that we cannot come to a consensus on. We had trouble with Bond, but that's because we didn't know enough. Here we know a lot. We've both seen every single episode. Most start of to them finish. more than once. Most of them more than once. I uh we she is chaotic as heck though. Oh yeah. She doesn't respect anything. She respects nothing. Nothing at all. Um Lily Aldrin is an agent of chaos. Can we just uh because she is the worst. Mm -hmm. Absolutely the worst. Uh argue almost worse than Ted. I actually think Ted is worse. I do think Ted um, is worse. But and we'll eventually get to him. Yeah, we have Ted and Barney on this list, don't you worry. But I just wanna do like a quick uh bouncing uh bounce back and forth of just like terrible things Lily Aldrin has done. 
I just think it'd be fun to do. Uh, okay, give me one. Uh, almost lost Ted his job because she took her his boss's baseball because he was whining. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I didn't. Um, the time that she insisted on coming along with a bro road trip uh, for her Ted and Marshall and almost ruined the road trip. Oh, uh, locked Barney and Robin in a room, forcing them to define their relationship, thus causing them to absolutely fall apart. True. God, she's not, she cannot stop meddling in other people's lives. It's true. The time in the last season that she and... Uh, no, that wasn't her. That was Robin. They're all terrible people. They're Marshall's not. Marshall's a decent human being. How about the time she forced Marshall to move to Italy for her art job? How about the time that... So we've already talked about how she ran off to San Francisco for an art scholarship. Came back weeks later and lied about it. Mm -hmm. For months. Mm -hmm. Alright. Lily Aldrin is chaotic something. Let us know what you think. Yeah, oh, we'd love to hear from you on this one, guys. I... I guarantee you that like five minutes from now after we stop, well, 20 minutes from now after we stop recording, I'm going to think about it and be like, hmm, you're right. But for now, I'm sticking to my guns. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it. Please give us some like solid, hard textual evidence. Please. Tell us if anyone can give us one episode where she does not learn from her mistakes, Avery will will concede his point to me. I absolutely will. All right. Let's roll again. That's an 18. Morden Solis. I love Mass Effect. Give me Morden Solis. Morden Solis is a Solarian scientist who is very old and very focused. He was pivotal in helping to design the Genophage, a genetic mutation caused by the Solarians Hold to the thought. Krogan. The Genophage is like centuries old. He edited the Modifying genophage. the yes. Genophage. Modifying the Genophage to make sure that it continued to affect yes. the Krogan. He is adamant over the course of the games that it was the right thing to do because otherwise the Krogan would have been wiped out by other societies. But depending on the decisions that you make, but almost always, uh, he comes to sincerely regret what he did and work to cure the Genophage and help uh, spur the Krogan into a new future. Heavily focused in on the science, uh, but he really sincerely believes uh, that he's doing the right thing in his science. When he, in his loyalty mission, when he comes up against Malin, who is experimenting on Krogan in horrible ways, he is really, really upset by it. I oh, think- also, whoops, you did a war crime. You did a war crime. You did a war crime. You committed genocide. Yay, we love you. <laughs> Alright, I think Morden is lawful good. I think he he's almost certainly lawful. Uh, he's a doctor. He is uh, a former like special operations soldier. Uh, he comes from Salarian society, which is incredibly rigid. Very, like, marriage contract style rigid. Um, he has a lot of uh, personal attachments to the law and to s- structures in society. I think he's almost unambiguously a good person because he does what he thinks is best at all times. He goes out of his way to help situations. I think I think he's probably not a good person by my own definition during the genocide time. Uh, but we meet him after yes. the genocide. In, in the games he's present in, I think he's almost unambiguously lawful good. Uh, I think that he is a good example of a supporting character uh, for a, Shepard can be whatever alignment you want them to be. The supporting cast of these games almost invariably exist to drag Shepard into specific directions. And there are, without almost without exception, supporting cast of just about every single alignment on the chart. I would I argue that Morden is probably the best example of lawful good Mass Effect has to give us, 
up to and including, spoiler alert, when he sacrifices his life to fix his own mistakes. I agree with you, which surprises me, because when we started talking about Morden, I didn't expect uh, lawful good to even be on my radar for him. Okay. Um, And I think that's because, as I have said a million times, lawful good is the only alignment that's in conflict with itself. Morden is constantly conflicted about the decisions he has made and continues to make. Mm -hmm. He, everything he does, especially around the genophage, he works through. And he works through it from the axis of law and the axis of good. And he ultimately, like, finds a balance most of the time. Like, when he talks about modifying the genophage, he says that he did it because it needed to be right. Had to be me. Somebody else would have gotten it wrong. And for him, he did, you know, a bunch of numbers and all the science and stats and stuff. And he was certain, 100% certain, that had the genophage not been modified, the Krogan would have been wiped out. And as new evidence came along, he changed his mind and fixed it. But he did that with the, not the blessing of the uh, the Salarian Dalatros, but the blessing of the Salarian Counselor. Or was it the other way around? I don't know. One of the Salarian government people was like, yeah, fine, do it. Um, but I think you're right. I think he is lawful good. And I think it's because he cares equally about both of those things and he tries to make that align as much as he can all the time lawful good is about caring it's true lawful good is about well i think good in general is about caring but lawful good is about caring about both the individual and the society that you're in yeah uh i think if we ever end up doing an episode on the concept of of uh lawful good that the which we should because i got opinions oh yeah I got some chaotic good opinions. Mm. That's some stuff we could talk about. All right, so more than solace. Lawful good. Okay, let's hit up number three. Barney Stinson, do we want to do another? Yeah, why not? Okay, let's do another How I Met Your the Mother. The dice have spoken. The dice have spoken. Let's do another How I Met Your Mother character. All right, episode. Barney Stinson, the man responsible for ruining a generation of young white men. If you're just now getting into How I Met Your Mother and... You're not. You're not, but also, like, if you are, congrats. You're, like, 15 years too late. Uh, it's a good show to some extent uh, and has some really good writing to some extent. Um, the Sometimes. Show, the show is defined by the fact that it has an unreliable narrator and it uses that as both a plot device and a writing mechanic over and over and over again. Barney is a textbook example of this because the point of the show or rather the point of the story in show is that Ted is trying to convince his kids to let him date Barney's ex-wife. I mean, Barney is the peak, like, Barney's existence is the the peak, like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, social network kind of thing where he's a deeply broken individual with a lot of baggage that leaves him incredibly unhappy, but the trappings of his life are so, like... They seem so fun, and sometimes people can't see past the fun and into the broken. Barney Stinson is a person defined by, uh, oh god, what's the movie? Um, not Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Fight Club. Barney Stinson is a person defined by Fight Club. He is Fight Club the movie, the person. Yeah, he, so Barney is Ted Mosby's friend. Uh, Ted Mosby being the protagonist and narrator. I will point out that Barney and Ted become friends because Barney goes up to Ted and says, Ted, I'm going to teach you how to live. And that's how they met. He's very, like, into himself. Yes. He 
he defines himself in two ways. He wears a lot of suits and he sleeps with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Over time, you learn about his abandonment issues, his inability to connect with people. He develops a really genuine relationship with Robin that sort of is on and off. And a shockingly genuine relationship with Lily. Yes. I actually think that's one of my favorite relationships in the show. I agree. Uh, when we talked earlier in this episode about how Lily goes to California... Um, this is second season Barney, and like before any of his character development, Barney's the one who went to San Francisco to bring Lily home. Yeah, um, Barney is a lonely man who cares very deeply about his friends. And just wants to feel valued. The final season of the show is entirely focused around his marriage, his wedding to Robin, and he spends the time leading up to that trying to be the kind of person that can get married and be with her. It... Uh, works out perfectly and nothing bad ever happens. And that's the end. Yes. Um, guys. What did you do? I. How did you break it? It was. Okay. Uh, alignment. Alignment. Alignment Barney, Barney was done the dirtiest. Okay. Yes. Robin was done real dirty, but Barney was done the dirtiest. Agreed. I think if you come, if you adhere to the belief, which I do, that the story is unreliably narrated by Ted for his own, like, his own reasons to get what he wants out of his kids, which who are the, the in-universe audience of the story. I think of all of the people on the show who are changed from their real-world examples, whatever those may be, because we don't actually see them, Barney is probably the one who is most different in the real world. Okay, so let's talk about alignment. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the finale did not happen. Agreed. Uh, so we're not going to talk about that. Yep. But before that, what do you okay. think? Oh, this is a tough one. Barney's a really complex character. Uh, he does a lot of terrible things because he's damaged, a lot of terrible things because he feels like it, and a lot of good things because he's damaged, and a lot of good things because he genuinely wants to be a good person. All of these lead, lead me to the conclusion that he is, in fact, true neutral. Out of a failure to, to be, be anything, anything else. else. That's what I was going to say, too. Barney Stinson wants so badly to be anything. And by doing so, he is so much everything else that he cannot be categorized. I think if we worked really hard, and I would like to try this, we could put something Barney, like a major thing Barney did, in every single category of the alignment chart. Agreed. I'm going to start. Lawful good. He... Used, he worked with the government to get himself into an evil organization in order to expose it for its crimes and get the people in charge arrested. Uh, chaotic good. Everything to do with his engagement to Robin. It's true. Um, oh gosh. Uh, lawful neutral. Uh, that time he almost uh, got the United States at war with Portugal. I forgot that happened. Uh, lawful oh evil. God. He uh, got Ted and Marshall jobs at his uh, place of employment for his own personal reasons because he wanted to hang out with them more. Chaotic evil. Everything he does to seduce women. Yes. Uh, I would argue that at least some of that is neutral evil. Fine. Uh, uh, what about the time he, he said he was going to go join the Peace Corps? That's pretty chaotic evil. How about uh, specifically for chaotic evil, uh, the time he... Uh, the, the whole thing with the... the the whole thing with the Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Uh, where he... Oh, was it Britney Spears? No, it was Jeff- Jessica okay. Simpson. He uh, and Jessica Simpson uh, pretended to be in love to mess with Ted, who... That was definitely Britney Spears. Was it? Yes. Are you sure? I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, um, okay. In the meantime, we need a we need neutral a, good. And a chaotic neutral. Yes. And a lawful neutral. Um, no, we have a lawful neutral. Chaotic neutral. Um, 
It was 100% Britney Spears. It was Britney Spears. It was okay. Britney Spears. I could have sworn it was Jessica Simpson. Okay, nope. whatever. My apologies to Britney Spears. You're a delight and we love you. Um, <laughs> the uh, How about the thing um, for Catech Neutral? Uh, all of the stuff he does post-Ted saying he's done with Barney. To try to get Ted to be friends again. Like like the, the whole thing where instead of taking Ted to a birthday party full of his friends, he tries to take Ted to Atlantic City. Oh yeah. That's pretty chaotic neutral. Neutral good. Um, getting drunk Marshall home in time to see is at the birth of his daughter. Or his son, sorry. Oh yeah. So, Barney. Everything. <laughs> but specifically, due true to neutral. a failure to commit to anything, true, true neutral. neutral. That was fun. That was fun. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. Okay, let's do one more. Toph Beifong. Can I? Toph Beifong is the earthbending teacher for the Avatar on the show Avatar The Last Airbender. She is a 12-year-old girl. Uh, I think that's right. Does that sound right? I maybe. She's either 10 or 12. She's a, she's she's a, a baby. She is a, a preteen girl who is the most powerful earthbender on the planet. It's true. Uh, she learned earthbending from the Badgermoles, who are the original earthbenders. She's blind. Uh, she sneaks. She's very wealthy, and she likes to sneak out of her family's house, her family who does not know uh, that she is the most powerful earthbender until uh, in the episode she's introduced in, until she reveals it to them, uh, so that she can go fight in underground fighting rings. Toph Beifong is the Avatar's earthbending teacher explicitly because she waits and listens for the right moment to strike. She is patient and unceasing the way only erosion could possibly be. Toph is both an unstoppable force and an immovable object. Agreed. In the sequel series, The Legend of Korra, Toph is revealed to be the founder of the police force for Republic City. I got some thoughts on that. We we have some thoughts on that, uh, and we will talk about that. Uh, But shortly following her, her, shortly following the, you know, adulthood of her two daughters, Toph disappears from the face of the earth and is revealed to have been in the spirit forest for the entirety of the series, up until the time when she goes and beats the snot out of a bunch of people because she's 90 and awesome. In the comics, she runs for governor. Does she? Yes. Does she win? No. Dang. All right. <laughs> well, she uh, it, it, she runs for governor because uh, the people that are running for governor are like evil and corrupt, and it's like a long term plan by someone to mind control. Uh, it, it's complicated. Sure. So she basically runs for governor so that the people who are awful don't get the governorship, and then they give it to someone else. And Toph is like, great. Yeah, she didn't want to be in charge. She didn't no. want to be in charge about anything. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Toph is chaotic good. Yeah, Toph uh, is a beautiful chaos child. Uh, Toph is has never followed a rule in her entire life, even up to and including when she was in charge of making people follow the rules. I have said this to my friends repeatedly, but I'm gonna say this to my audience now, who is mostly my friends. People get on Cora's case, like Cora the show, about Toph being a cop. Because they're like, Toph would never become a cop. Toph is super anti, you know, authority. It is very easy for a rich, anti-authoritarian chaos child like Toph to see her friends setting up a society go, all right, I'm gonna keep everyone in line. Accidentally create a police be like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Now everyone is squares, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty in character for Toph. That's absolutely on brand for Toph. Like, we don't know exactly what happened. They haven't explored that part of the story in the comics yet. Uh, and they might at some point, and we'll revise our definition of Toph if if and when she is poorly written to be a cop. <laughs> um. I, I, I think the, the most chaotic thing Toph ever does is literally break the rules of earthbending. Yes. Earthbending 
is an accepted form of 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 of, of uh, martial arts and does not contain metal bending that's not a thing you can do and then Toph invents metal bending when she's like 12 years old because someone trapped her in a cage and told her not even you can get out of it an incredible chaos move by this beautiful chaos child is to hear you can't bend metal and go oh yeah and do it Mm -hmm. and she's obviously good aligned because she aligns herself with Team Avatar, and there is no benefit to that other than saving the world. I don't know about that. I, I still, I'm still going to say she's good aligned, uh, but there is definitely benefit to Toph for being able to escape her oppressive family and go off and be whoever she wants to be. But she was already sort of doing that in the form of the Earthbending tournaments. And, well, what I mean to say is joining Team Avatar puts an incredible amount of risk mm. on Toph. Like, the benefits of getting away from your parents and uh, are, like, the selfish benefits are way, way less than the danger of being caught on the less powerful side of an entire war. But Toph did it because teaching the Avatar Earthbending was the right thing to do. And even when it got hard, when it made her have to be a team player, she still did it. Mm-hmm. That's a very good way of putting it. She's a beautiful chaos child, and we love her. Agreed. All right, Toph Bifong. Cat it good. All right, friends, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you had a good time. A remind, uh, I'd like to thank our patrons, Sam Morrison and Lena P. You two make this podcast possible. We have a Patreon if you want such perks as seeing, hearing the episodes a week early, getting access to unedited episodes, or getting direct, uh, immediate requests filled for characters, you might uh, you should look at us at WNDB Productions. Alright, this show has been made by WNDB Productions. If you'd like to contact us for comments, concerns, questions, please email us at wndbproductions at gmail.com. That's WNDB 1150AM Daytona Beach, Florida Radio at productions at gmail.com. Thank you everyone and we'll see you soon!